Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, is it hot outside, very humid. Oh yes, indeed it is. It is very hot and it is very, very humid. Okay, so now we are here to begin another wonderful story time with Rabbi Yitzhak and his sidekick, me, Yassi. Hi, everybody. Hi, Yassi. Okay, I hope you're very excited to be back here. I am. Air conditioning is working, I think. I hope it is. Well, anyways, that shouldn't be the only reason. Okay, so first, let's remind everybody. Yeah, you're listening to J-Root Radio. And you're listening on jrootradio.com. You can listen on the telephone, 712-432-4217. Or you could listen live, and then later on you could listen to archives on 718-506-9099. And what else do you want to do, Rabbirps? Well, let's get everything out of the way, because I have no idea how long this story is going to take. I did tell this story once before, and it took about an hour and 16 minutes, but... (laughs) Wow, we don't have an hour and 16 minutes. That's right. If you keep interrupting, for sure we don't. (laughs) Okay, so I'll try not to. Okay, so you're going to talk very fast like this? No, no, it's quite all right. We want the people to understand. So, if people want to uh, send donations to Jarrett Radio, it's Jarrett Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, 11229, of course, Brooklyn, New York. Don't forget that part. Okay, so once again, if you want to send donations to Jarrett Radio... 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. Okay, now, moving right along, uh, I'll do it. No, 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 I'll take care of this one. I'll do it. I'll take care of this. I'll do it. I'll take care of this. You'll see uh, the story. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, you'll do it, and I'll do it. Okay, here we go. So, I would like to remind everybody... That if you're interested in hiring Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs, uh, I'll do that part, okay? If you're interested in hiring Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs for either storytelling, uh, karate demonstrations, or Koyach HaZemayach, call to find out what that one is about, okay? Koyach HaZemayach, uh, things like that, uh, you can call Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs at 718-375-1294, known as 375-1294, dialing 718 always helps. And if you're interested in having any art lessons, uh, private art lessons or private martial arts lessons um, or Qigong Qigong energy exercises or you want to uh, have artwork done to order, you know, uh, portraits, paintings, kasubos and things like that, uh, you can always call Rabbi Yitzhiyerbs at 718-375-1294. Right. Okay, so I think we covered pretty much everything, I think. Um, I think, uh, okay, so now what? Uh, one second, uh, I thought you are very sharp. I am very sharp, I, my head comes to a point. Uh, stop that, Yossi, you know what I mean. There's one item we forgot. Oh, of course, how can we forget that it's so important? Okay, so, uh, of course, if you want to hire Rabbi Yitzhak for either storytelling engagements or something like that, uh, then I'm going to call it 718-375-1294. And if you want to uh, order or get a, uh, a fax list or email to you the, the list of all the CDs, there's over now 40 of them, I think, and, and if you want to be able to get them, you know, you could just uh, call up Rabbi Yitzhak at 718-375-1294, and he'll be more than happy to email you or fax you the list, and then you can make an educated decision what you want to buy. And, of course, eventually he's going to add more to it. Okay, and, of course, most of them, I would say 99% of them, are not available in stores. Okay, did I do everything now? Yes, you did. Okay. All right, so, a matter of fact, there might be a part for you in, in, in the story. So here's the script. Look it over. Okay, here we go. 
Tonight's story is a very interesting story. And the name of the story, we're going to call it Moshe Tuvia's Sefer Torah. Okay, Moshe Tuvia, Zingerman's Sefer Torah. Or the Zingerman's Sefer Torah. Or I can just start the story. Oh, yeah, I can do that too. Okay, so anyways, this story really starts off a long time ago. It starts off, believe it or not, it starts, guess from when? I don't know, you tell me. It starts, <laughs> you ready for this? It starts in World War One. All right, yeah, 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 right, 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 that's right, it starts in World War One. this story. Wow, you never told a World War One story. I, I don't remember any. Did you ever tell a World War One story? I, I mean, I'm not sure. Did you, did you? Well, uh, to tell you the truth, I'm not sure either, but you know what? Uh, I think we could um, <clears throat> do one today. All right, go ahead, take it away. All right, here we go. Okay, there was a person named Moshe Tuvia Zingerman. At the time that the story begins, he was about 16 or 17 years old, when suddenly he got these special papers. I live here in Leipzig, Germany, and, and what is this? Oh my goodness, this is a letter for my son. I shouldn't open, it's not nice. Whatever. All right, um, 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 Moshe Tuvia. Whatever you want to be called, Tata. Oh, I hope you're not drinking again. <laughs> I am. I'm drinking orange juice. Okay. Anyways, uh, I'm in a funny mood today because, Bo Hashem, I was learning this toysfish and I really had shot in the toysfish. Mom, it was good. And yeah, so what can I do for you, Tata? Well, uh, I would like to uh, see this letters from the government office. Oh, right. One, one second. Let me see. Oh, oh, oh. This, this is induction papers, Papa. Papa, no more jokes. This is serious stuff, Papa. Look what it says. What, what? Let me see what it says, yeah. Oh, boy. You've been drafted into the army. Oh, oh. Is in you know, unfortunately, it's a big war going on here, and you're only uh, 17 years old. Oh, <laughs> but 17 years old is the gematra of 12, so it's good for you. Uh, it's good for me to go in the army. No, it's good for you to learn to be a good kid in the army, because then you'll be tested. You try to keep Shabbos as best as possible, and also to eat kosher food. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure it could be worked out, yeah. I, I, I heard there are a lot of other Jews. Unfortunately, it's not very nice what's going on there. Uh, 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 what you mean, Tata? I mean, Papa. I mean, uh, well, you said you were going to start with the jokes. All right, Papa. I'm very sorry. Okay, so please tell me, Papa, what is last going on here? Well, uh, you see... You know, there's a war. I guess you can call it a world war. <laughs> and this war uh, is terrible. Uh, right now, it seems to be that German, uh, Germany, Austria, Hung Austria, Hungary, whatever they call it, and the Ottoman Empire, uh, and a few other things, uh, they're fighting against France and, and, and the United Kingdom, which is Great Britain, and, uh, and Italy, and, and the U.S. is now comes into the war, so they need more soldiers so they, uh, uh, inducting so many people. So it, it's not so simple as it looks, so... Uh, you're going to have to do the best you can in the army. There's nothing that we can do. You understand? I, I understand, Papa. 
Okay, I will report down there. Maybe when they examine me, they won't find me to be healthy. <laughs> well, <laughs> where you eat, I kind of find it very hard to see that they should not find you healthy. And sure enough, Moshe Tuvia Zingerman went down with his papers and he was inducted. And the doctor looked at him and said, No, 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 next, next, you are look perfectly healthy. You're going into the army, no problem, no problem. And sure enough, he went into the army and he had training. But since they needed so many soldiers, they sent him to a, I guess it would be equivalent to a boot camp. <laughs> A boot camp? You mean he learned how to make boots in the camp? No, no, no. It's a training camp. Okay, It's an army language, you know, an army talk for, you know, a training camp. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like your joke goes, you know, you put your boots on over here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know what you mean. All right. Well, anyways, uh, the point of the matter is he was training. Oh, he was training. Yes, yes, yes. He was training to be a a professional soldier. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it was a terrible thing in the war. But, but you know what? Uh, let him tell you. Uh, you can tell me? Uh, am I sure you can tell me? Yeah, if you give me a chance, if you don't interrupt. <laughs> oh, boy. Such a strange thing. I'm going to train now, and I'm going to be fighting. This is so strange. There are Jews all across every one of these countries that we are fighting against. It's so strange and sad. We have Jewish people fighting against Jewish people. Of course, there are Russians fighting against Germans and so on. Italians fighting against Austria-Hungary and the Ottoman Empire, yeah, yeah. But there are Jews on both sides. From what I understand, from my uh, research that I've done, it sounds like there is about a half a million Jews fighting for the Russian army. And in the German side, there's over a hundred thousand. I, I praise the Rabboni Shablolam that I never have this problem to wonder what is going to happen to me. Uh, 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 will I be put in a predicament where I will have to uh, be able to, 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 to shoot a gun and, and learn how to shoot it and then kill a fellow Yid? Oh, this is very terrible. This is very troublesome. And sure enough, it was troublesome, not just for him, for many Jews from both sides. And the war would go on. And it was raging. And that war was nicknamed the Trench Warfare. And the reason why it was called Trench Warfare is because the way they fought in the old days. I remember. I learned it in history. I'll tell it, Robert. Okay, go ahead. Tell it. All right? This is part of the story. I'll let you talk. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, trench Warfare. I learned about it in history. Uh, what happened is in World War I, uh, they didn't have sophisticated weapons like nowadays. I mean, they had some weapons. They had bombs and everything like that and cannons and, and you know, and, 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 and you know, uh, artillery and things like that. But it wasn't so sophisticated like now and everything like that. So um, they fought in trenches. They used to, like, dig long trenches with, like, tunnel types of things. And, and the soldiers would be there for protection and everything like that. They dig them really deep. And they had ladders against the wall and everything like that. And every now and then they would come out of the trenches and try to attack the enemy trenches. And sometimes it would be successful sometimes not. And, and unfortunately, because such a war like that had so many hand-to-hand -hand combat things, it was terrible. There was a lot of people died in that war. That's right. Unfortunately, true. So now, let me tell you what happened. It was around 1917 where we pick up some more details of the story. What do you mean more details? What happened to all the other details before? Well, I, I have a certain amount of time to tell the story. I see, I can't do this for like 17 hours, you know. Um, if I did, I could tell you every detail. Oh, oh, okay. So you'll tell me later on the way home? 
It doesn't take 17 hours to walk home. Uh, 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 oh, well, well, oh, okay, whatever, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so anyways, let me tell you what happened. It was around 1917. And if I remember my history, and you can correct me, Yassi, Germany, Austria, Hungary, and on the Ottoman Empire were fighting against France, the Great Britain, and Italy, and uh, the U.S. also entered the war. Anyway, so let me tell you what happened. It was 1917. You already told me that. And the battle since the United States entered the war. It started to tilt a little bit. Aye, they were too heavy. No, 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 no. The battle tilted, meaning it started now to go on the other side, not on the German-Austria-Hungary side. Oh, that's not very good, is it? Oh, well, it, Hashem, you know, arranged this. It's obviously good, but it's just not good for some people and good for some other. Uh, well, whatever. Let's just let me tell the story. Okay, go ahead. Anyways, one of the officers said, All right, it is time to retreat. We are being pushed backwards. They are attacking in greater numbers and greater ammunition than what we have. And the artillery is very strong. Pull back, pull back, pull back. Ah, so we are going to pull back here. Okay, I think we are stable for a while. Okay, now, uh, 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 excuse me, um, uh, may I speak to you, Commandant? Yeah, loss is loss. What is it to take one from me? Uh, 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 Commandant, uh, uh. I wanted to know if it's possible, you know, so uh, so far, Baruch Hashem. Stop this language. Tell me what you want. Baruch Hashem just means thank God. And, and I would like to um, ask you once again, if I could take my leave for the one day, can I take it again on, on the Saturday? You think that I don't know that you're Jewish? You look Jewish. You don't think I see it? It's one of the only ones that wears an army uniform and has those yo-yo strings sticking out on the sides. And <laughs> yo-yo strings? They are uh, titties. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, so, tell me, what's going on? Eh? What do you want? Yeah, I, 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 you know, the usual. Oh, <laughs> every Saturday you always take. You think I don't know that it's your Jewish uh, Sabbath? Uh, uh, Sabbath, yeah, 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 it is Sabbath. <laughs> well, you know what? I like you, good soldier. You fight well. And you survive pretty long. <laughs> Mostly the ones who uh, get killed in the first rounds of battle of the freshies, you know. <laughs> you came as a freshie and you lasted pretty long. So, all right. I would like to give you your leave of absence. I said, you know, if you notice, we've been pulled back. And uh, I have orders not to give anybody a leave of absence, not even for a couple of hours. So I'm sorry. We have to hold our position, and no man is being permitted to leave. Uh-oh. So I guess I'll have to be here for Shabbos. No, no. I gotta say, Gamzal Toiva, because all this time, I was able to keep Shabbos. There's no questions about it. I mean, I, most of the Shabbosim I was able to keep, I managed. This is like the first time, and I, I'm here for a good couple of months here on the front lines. And it's the first time that I'm not going to get away for Shabbos. I hope it's going to be a quiet Shabbos. But of course, every now and then you would hear... And it was...
was gunfire and battles and artillery going back and forth. And that's the way it was, but no heavy casualties over the Shabbos. And, uh, of course, our little friend over here. You mean like uh, Moshe Tov Zingerman? Yes, 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 Moshe Tov Zingerman. I know what he did. He he probably like, like tried avoiding to shoot his rifle and make it look like he did or something like that. So this way he didn't, you know, do the whole mock-up of party. So the, yeah, I, I understand that stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. That's that's true. Anyways, there's a little, uh, you know, little uh, um, twist in the story now. Oh, really? Uh, you're going to twist me? No, 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 no. Just listen. All right, uh, Mr. Sinkerman, come over here. You were a good soldier. You survived. We are holding our positions. So I have permission to let some soldiers take a leave. But the way things are going in the war, I don't know when's the next time you're going to have a chance to take a leave of absence. So I could give you half a day off on Sunday. You want it? Or not? Uh, yeah, I guess I will take it. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I will take it. No problem. And so he took it. And then when he came back, it was the most interesting thing that happened. The officer looked at him. Wow, you know something. I tell you, your God watches over you. Of course he does, you know, Vanda, 100%, you know. I come to a Kaddish Borka, I, I pray that he watches over me, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, what's the child? I mean, why are you bringing this up for? Well, let me tell you something. You know, normally you take your leave of absence. You normally take it on, how would you say, on, um... Uh, uh, on Shabbos, a Saturday. Yes, however... This time it wasn't possible. Now I want to show you something. Come with me. Uh, yeah, sure, whatever you say. You're the commanding officer, so I, I will do whatever you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we're back in my trench, and oh my goodness, I have to redig it. it. It caved in a little bit. <laughs> yes, caved in is not the word. You know what happened on Saturday while you were here? You saw what happened, right? Yeah, yeah. Baruch, Baruch Hashem, everything was good. Uh, that means thank God. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, tell me. Now look at it. Wow, it's like uh, it caved in. Wow, it's like burnt or whatever. That's right. Because I couldn't give you a leave of absence on Saturday. But had I given you a leave of absence on Saturday, like you always have, do you know what would happen to you? Uh, what are you talking about? Every soldier that was in that spot where you are, died. What? Yeah. You see, had you had your leave of absence on Saturday, you would be here on Sunday. And then when the bomb hit, it landed directly into the trench when every soldier that was in that area died from the bomb. That would have been you. Your guard watches over you. Is since you tried to watch your Shabbos all the time, so it appears that <laughs> God lets Shabbos watch over you by not letting you be off for Shabbos. That's <laughs> uh, the way he prepared you. <laughs> That's very interesting. And so at that time, Moshe Tuvia Zingerman realized that he had some extra siyat of and he was hoping that it wouldn't run out. So a thought came to his mind. You know, I was just thinking to myself, this is indeed a very big miracle. And Shabbos is mentioned in Torah. 
and throws the way of life of every Jew. You know what? If I survive this war, I'll take all my savings and I'll raise the money somehow and I will have a safer Torah written in honor of my surviving the war. Yes, that's what I will do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, sure enough, the war would rage on. And now it was closer to 1918, towards the end of the war, where the Germans and the Austrian-Hungarian and Ottoman Empire were being pushed back very heavily. Retreat! Retreat! And they would blow their whistles and everything, and they would shout, Retreat! Retreat! And they were running backwards and pulling back. And alongside Moshe Tobiusingerman, there was an anti-Semitic, a very big Jew hater by the name of Sigmund Siegfried. And he used to make fun. Ah, ah, ah. Uh, we are retreating. Uh, over there, Zingerman. <laughs> Tell me, why don't you surrender? You Jewish people are very poor fighters. <laughs> <clears throat> but at that time, let me tell you something. Hashem set a strange set of Ashkocha into play. Suddenly, without warning, one of the bombs came towards where they were. And the next thing, when Moshe Tivy looked up, Hashem, I'm all right. Sigmund, 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 can you hear me, Sigmund? Oh, help me, somebody, help me. I'm very badly wounded. Help. <coughs> I'm bleeding badly. Uh, one second, I will come to you. All right, I'm here. Oh, my goodness, uh, you are bleeding very badly. You know what? T let me take out your... Uh, you know, uh, bandages that you carry, uh, you know, with the sulfur, and I will take mine and mix it together. <laughs> I will try to bandage you up here and stop the bleeding as best as possible. Okay, now, can you stand up? I will try. I, uh, uh, I can't stand up. No, I, I can't stand. <coughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, let me, let's see. Uh, wait a second. Uh, 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 can you stay and hold on to my shoulder and limp? I can't move. I am so weak. I think I lost a lot of blood. Wait a second. You know, standing up is not a good idea. We can get shot like that. I got a great idea. Here, uh, I'm going to lie down on the floor, and you hold on to me, and I will tie your sleeves around me. Okay, uh, slide out your arms from the sleeves. Okay, good. And now I tie you around me. Okay, now I will drag you with me when I crawl. And sure enough, Moshe Tuvius Zingerman, he crawled for anywhere between three to five miles with this person on his back, with Sigmund Siegfried, private first class, on his back. And he brought him to safety. And the medics came. Oh, fix him up. Fix him up. He's wounded, wounded, wounded. And sure enough, they took care of him. But when word got around, and the officer in charge over there, the general came up and said, You know something? You're a mockable. 
Even though he's one of those anti-Semitic soldiers who made fun of people like you, you still saved his life. You deserve a medal of honor. Yes, 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 yes. And sure enough, Moshe Tovye Zingerman got a beautiful medal of honor. And, of course, eventually, World War I, at that time it was only called World War until World War II came. They didn't know it was called World War I. They thought that was it. That was the war to end all wars. But in the meanwhile, what ended up happening was is the war was over, the Treaty of Versailles and everything like that, and Moshe uh, Tuvia Zingerman, he went about doing what he said. I, 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 I have to have this Sefer Torah written. Let me go to my savings, take out everything that I even got from my mommy, some presents and everything like this. And Tati, could you lend me some money? Yeah, I will lend you some money, sure, whatever. And sure enough, he raised money, and he went to this person and that person, and he raised enough money, and he Taka had a Sefer Torah written in honor of his survival as a way of saying, Shavach v'haidor to HaKadosh Baruch of praising Hashem and thanking him that he survived the war. And this was what took place. It was such a beautiful simcha. He was so involved in that Sefer Torah from beginning to end. And after about a year or so, when the Sefer Torah was finished, as far as the writing goes and everything like that, there was a big simcha and people were singing, it was a beautiful Sudas mitzvah and beautiful dancing, of course, and the Sefer Torah was put into the shul where... Moshe Tovia Davin. And of course, it was given in tonight because it really belongs to him, but the shul had a right to use it. And everything was fine, that is, until around 1938, the year of Kristallnacht, the organized pogrom that was going to go through the entire Nazi regime. And of course, it was all coordinated. And pogroms were happening, and glass was broken all over the place, and that's why it was called Kristallnacht. You heard shattering of glass, <coughs> and shattering of the store windows and everything. Meantime, in Leipzig, it didn't start right away, and suddenly Majetuvia thought of something. Oh, this does not look very good. I don't like what I see here. This is terrible. What's going on here? Oh, my goodness gracious, this is terrible, terrible, terrible. I don't know why. Uh, the Shem is doing this to us. Maybe we sinned. I don't know. I'm not one to say. But whatever it is, there are riots and pogroms and everything. I got a phone call over there from Berlin. And, oh, this is not very good. Uh, you know, they're going to riot here. I see they're gathering on the streets and organizing over there. Wait, this is very terrible. They're going to burn shoes. Ah, this is not very good. I know what I do. Yankel, Yudels, Heiskele, come with me, come, 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 we have to go to the shul, we have to save all the Sifre Come, 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 before it's too late. And sure enough, 
they would go and run to get the Sifretiris. They were running and climbing through backyards, and there was a wild German shepherd in one yard. And, of course, Moshe Tubi thought, let's see now, it's time to find out. Me steer him in the eye and see if he has a pocket for me. <laughs> I'm not afraid of you, dog. <laughs> I'm a telemelekim and you are <laughs> an animal. All right, come, let's jump over this fence. And they jumped over the fence. And they took a shortcut as best as possible. And they got through the back door of the shul. And they ran into the shul. <laughs> All right, what do you want to do now? Yeah, what do you want to do? Do, 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 do. <laughs> what do you mean, what do you want to do? Grab a safer Torah. Everybody grab a safer Torah. I will grab mine. You grab the rest of the... You know, the safer Torah. And, and everything like that, all right? And, and then, after we bring the safer Torah to safety, we'll try to come back here, and then we'll try to save the others from, okay? But the safer Torah first. Let's go. And sure enough, they took the Sifrei Tyrus. And they went out the windows, and they went out the back door, and they climbed through the backyards again. And when that dog started to bark, and all this uh, <laughs> he had to do, there's Maisha Tavia turned around and looked at him. Ah, oh, see you again, eh? <laughs> Good. All right. <laughs> all right, let's go. All right. Okay, now. Everybody hide the safer Torahs that you took in your houses, and then let's hurry up and meet back in five minutes, and we'll get the other swarm. But by the time they met back to go get the other swarm, there were riots in the streets. The crowds were screaming, Kill them, George! Kill them, George! Kill, kill, kill! And it was very sad. And they broke more store windows, they broke glasses, and they smashed into some houses even, and they dragged people out. It was a very sad scene, unfortunately. And by the time they got to the shul, uh, it's too late. So they took out all the sforum, all the sivrei kedushans. They put it in the middle of the street, and they set it on fire. But at least we were safer to save the sivrei Torah. And so, a little bit after Kristallnacht, it quieted down to some extent. Although... The Nazis and other Germans were boycotting Jewish places because the brown shirts and uh, whatever they call those youth gangs and everything, they stood and they boycotted stores and so on and so forth. It was not a good sight. But in 1939, it would get a little worse. And at that time, there was a German colonel who was sent on a strange mission. All right, men. Listen very carefully. We are sent over here by the government, and they want us to find excuses to arrest Jews and send them to camps. You understand? And I don't mean summer camp. <laughs> so, listen to me very well. We will do what we have to do. Is that understood? Now, of course, we will loot the houses also. We will take and steal whatever we want. <laughs> They can call the police because we are the police. <laughs> we are the SS. <laughs> Stormtroopers. <laughs> so, by the way, if you find something good, you better show it to me first. So make sure that it's not something that I want. You understand? 
Jawohl, 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 ja, 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 jawohl. Jawohl, jawohl, And so the trucks started to come into the middle of the streets. And they had those little funny motorcycles with the little sidecar. Right, house, and let's do our mission. <laughs> now, this part, of course, was before the Jews were rounded up and sent into ghettos and things like that. This was still the earlier parts. Okay, it was probably right before they went and invaded Poland. But in the meantime, let's see what happened. All right, search the houses. Come, come, come. And sure enough, they were very cruel. They searched many houses. They smashed down doors, and people screamed, What are you doing here? Get away from here! And they threw people down on the floors, and they sometimes beat up people. And in certain cases, unfortunately, they did shoot people. And they said, Oh, I come not help it. It was his fault. She, he tried to attack me. I had a gun, and he had nothing. <laughs> I felt threatened by my life, and therefore I shot him. It was very sad. They made strange, bad excuses for themselves. But let me tell you what happened. Finally, the colonel himself and another soldier came up the steps to where Moshe Tovia Singerman was. Singerman. Hmm. All right, kick down the door. We don't want to knock first. Nein, kick it down. <laughs> <laughs> How, how do you do? Was macht da? How are you? And what can I do for you? And and what is last that you break inside my door? Why don't you just knock? I would let you in. Oh, be quiet. We know what we want over here. You just have no ruling here. <laughs> Nobody likes you anymore anyways. You know what we're going to do. Search the place. Find evidence. Uh, find evidence for what? Oh, your spies and everything. <laughs> I'm not a spy. I, I, I fought in, in, in World War I. Do you know that? <laughs> Jewish people like you were cowards. <laughs> now let's see what we got here. Hmm. Uh, uh, why are you standing so protective against that break fund? Uh, I, I don't want you to take my becher. Uh, your becher? Oh, you're the cop over there. One second. <laughs> this? It's not even real silver. Ah, wait a second. Wait a second. You're standing again by this thing. What is it that you don't want me to see? You don't have much in your break fund. What is going on here? Stand aside. Uh, Otto, come here. Yeah, I am coming. What is last? What is late? What do you want me to do? Uh, see if this bookcase moves. Yeah, one second. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's another door. <laughs> and what have we here? Hmm? <laughs> nothing. There's nothing at all. It's really nothing. Oh, please, you know. You got what you want. You took the jewelry. You have money, whatever I had. Be gone. Bah, you don't have much money. Why? This is a long story. You wouldn't understand. Oh, try me. Actually, I'm not interested. I'm interested in finding out what's on there. It's locked. Here, yeah, give me the key and open it, or give me the key to open it, or I just shoot it open. You know what? 
Forget about giving me the key to open it. Forget about taking the key to open it. Uh, you know what? Forget about the key. I will just shoot it open. <laughs> what do we have here? A Taurus call. <laughs> oh, guys, this will be nice. We'll just take this Taurus call and we'll throw it out the window and we'll set it on fire. What do you say? You can't do that. Wait a second. Wait a second. If I'm not mistaken, you look very familiar to me. <laughs> Why should I be familiar to you? Wait a second. I, I think I remember your name. My name? <laughs> you don't know my name. All you have to know is I'm a colonel. You understand it? I am a colonel. And I'm a hero. I fought in World War I. <laughs> and you? You probably went to hide. <laughs> in your basement. Or in the chicken coop. And all the chickens go... <laughs> no. Not exactly. I fought in World War I. I was a hero. You want to see something? Oh, <laughs> what have you to show me? Hey, it's going to show me where the riches are finally. <sighs> oh, I open the drawer. <sighs> Here, look at this box. Wow, Medal of Honor? Is it? Huh? You have the Iron Cross, the Medal of Honor? How did you get this? What did you... Th uh, yeah. I fought in World War One. I was a hero. There was a German soldier next to me who was wounded. And I carried him. It was between three and five miles. Not 100% sure, but for sure for more than three miles, I carried him on my back, crawling with him all the way to safety. I saved his life. Do you know who he was? Hmm. Wait a second. You can't be. It was you. You are Sigmund. Sigmund Siegfried. And you... One time was nothing but a first-class private. I could have left you to die there, but I didn't because you are a creation of God. I wish you would judge everybody as creations of God, and then you wouldn't be so mean. Ha! Don't bother me with these things. My brain is too washed out already. I am brainwashed into believing whatever it is for the Third Reich. Hmm. All right. Uh, uh, is what he's saying is true? Ah, nine, make up story, try to save his life. Uh, you go downstairs and go to the next house. Start without me. Oh, but you're not afraid? You could uh, perhaps kill... Ah, ha, ha. Sure like this, I'm not a worry about. Go, 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 go. And he sent away the soldier. All right. Now what is it that you want? Well, I'm not going to kill you. I owe you my life. Yeah. But I want to pay you back and that's it. So listen to me. Take your family and get out of here. Take your tourist scroll with you and get out of here. You go down the back way and leave this town immediately. And you know I never want to see your face again. Because the next time I see your face, I will have to kill you. And that's it. Now we are even. Goodbye. And so with a strange Meisavashkocha that happened in World War I, it turned out that Moshe Tobias Zingerman was able to rescue his whole family. He eventually went to France. And when he was in France, before the Nazis invaded France, he was able to send his whole family to America. But there was a little problem. In the olden days, Sifri Torah were not written like nowadays. In the olden days, Sifri Torah were written on thick parchment. 
and those Torah scrolls were pretty heavy. And the French government at that time felt he had too much weight that he was taking with him, and they didn't let him take the Sefer Torah, so he told his family, Don't worry, I'll stay here, and I'll find a way to get the Torah back, and then I'll meet you in America. Uh, bye, uh, say hello to our cousins there in America. Bye-bye, and, and uh, I'll be the same. And sure enough, he said bye-bye to them. And what ended up happening, it was just amazing, just simply an amazing, amazing story. He fought for the French underground. Yes, yes. The French liked him because he showed the Medal of Honor. Oh, for you, monsieur, you have their Medal of Honor. Oh, you are definitely a good soldier, and you are proven to be a good shot. Yes, and I will honor your Sabbath for you uh, on Saturday. Instead of coming us with us, I should say, on patrol, you will have permission here to stay in the cave and watch all of our extra ammunition and our food supplies. Yes, you can do that, all right? All right, monsieur. Okay, good, good, good. And sure enough, they fought many battles, and they were very helpful in turning the tide of the war. They played an important role in it. They blew up some bridges that stopped some Nazi convoys from crossing. They were able to be like spies and links to help the Americans. And towards the end of the war, this uh, <coughs> French underground leader met up with a captain, Henry McGraw. Well, well, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pleasure to meet you, sir. Hey, uh, we meet up at last. <laughs> You're the one that's been preparing everything by cutting the enemy lines and everything and blowing up bridges to make our entrance over here real good. <laughs> you distracted those German soldiers while me and my rest of my paratroopers here came in here, and we did a good number on them. <laughs> and you are... Ah, I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Henry McGraw. <laughs> Captain Henry McGraw, that is. <laughs> so, uh, and now I finally meet you, Pierre. Yeah. Oh, yes, you are meeting me. It is very good that you are meeting me. So now, what do we do now? <laughs> we finish off this war together. <laughs> Who wants with that soldier over there of yours? <laughs> Why is he carrying that heavy thing on his back? Oh, that is not an ordinary heavy thing. Why don't you speak to him? <laughs> All right. Hey, you over there. Uh, can I talk to you? Uh, yes. Uh, what is it, glass that you want? He sounds German. What are you doing with a German guy? Uh, no, don't worry. Monsieur, I assure you, he is not Jewish. I mean, I mean, he is Jewish. I mean, he's not German. I mean, he's a German Jew. I mean, he's Jewish, a German Jew. I mean, I mean he's Jewish before he's German. So he, he's not uh, one of the people from the Nazis, you understand. So he fought with us. He helped us quite well. He's a very good chat, you should know. He was a hero in World War uh, uh, One. Oh, I see. And what you carrying then? Uh, I, I'm carrying a Sefer Torah. Would you like to see it? And he showed him from a distance because he didn't want the guy to touch it. So he showed him what the Sefer Torah was all about. And why are you slipping this? Is that the right word I'm using? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saying that very good. Why are you slipping this all around here? You're fighting with this thing on your back. It slows you down. <laughs> no, only thing like this never slows me down. It gives me courage and it makes me realize even more that God is watching over me. You understand that? Or oh, anyways, so I, 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 and he told over his whole story of why he has the Torah and how he couldn't get it out of France, but he was able to send his family out. And the captain said, you know something? I kind of have a liking towards you. You know, I'm a captain and the war is ending now. And I got my connections. I could bring this back with me to America when I go. And then I'll give you my address and then you just pick it up from me. How's that? You, you would do that for me? That is great. I, I appreciate this very much. And sure enough, he gave him his address. And when the war ended, the captain took the Torah, 
back to America. And he waited. And he waited. But unfortunately, Moshe Tovi Singer never showed up. And then let me tell you what happened. Moshe Tovi Singer was on a boat. Alright, I'm very sorry. This boat is filled to capacity. Everybody quiet down. I just want everybody to know that uh, those who uh, pay more money got cabins down below. The rest of you, unfortunately, will have to sleep on the top of the deck. I hope you have raincoats and blankets and covers, whatever, because when it rains, it pours in the ocean. <laughs> and sure enough, there was a big storm that broke out one night. <laughs> And it rained and it poured and it was thundering and lightning. And he was just sitting there cuddled up. <sighs> I'm so tired. I hope I don't catch a cold or has for shalom and ammonia. I can't wait to get to America and find my safer Torah. And sure enough, what ended up happening was he went over. And he got to America. And he asked around. And he got to his family. And he was so excited, and they were excited. Oh, at last we, we are together, Baruch Hashem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now let me just take this paper out, and we're going to get the Torah back to us, okay? What's, ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. What's the matter? What's the matter? Look at the paper. Where's the address? Where's the name? What's going on? It's smudged ink. That's right. He wrote it with a fountain pen. This is a problem. When I was on the top deck over there, and it rained and it poured, it went to all my clothing and blankets, and it made the ink run. Now I have no idea where this Henry McGraw lives. Oh, there. And of course, he tried the best thing first. He looked through phone books and tried calling up every McGraw he could find, but he didn't realize that this McGraw didn't live in Brooklyn. <laughs> didn't live in Williamsburg either. He lived out in the country somewhere. Many, many years would pass by. And finally, the grandson of Moshe Tovi Zingerman, who was a counselor, going on an, uh, a hike with his campers in the woods. And one of the campers seemed to be a little bit of a wise guy. <laughs> think alive and think alive. Watch this, Rabbi Erst. is a different wise guy than me. Uh, just, just follow the story. Oh, okay. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see a different wise guy. <laughs> so let's see what's going on here. Oh. Hey, counselor, why do we got to go down that pathway? Why don't we just go across this bridge over here? Uh, well, the reason why we can't go across the bridge is pretty obvious. Because if you take a look at the bridge, take a good look, close look, and you'll notice it says danger. Uh, do not cross. Bridge closed. Oh, come on, counselor. It doesn't look so bad. Look at it. It's just a wooden bridge. We're not going over the car. Uh, yeah, but I wouldn't go across. If it says danger, warning, do not cross, bridge close, you know what I mean? That's good enough for me. Okay, let's go down the path. <laughs> go the pathway. I'm going to go on the bridge. No, 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 don't do that. I'm going to the bridge. No, 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 don't do that. And of course, this camper didn't listen, unfortunately. And he went on the bridge, and he went off the first two planks. Ha, 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 see, nothing wrong. And he was in the middle of the bridge. Ha, 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 see, nothing wrong. And he took one more step. <laughs> And he fell into the stream. And as he fell into the stream, he tried to get up. And he started screaming, Oh, my ankle. Well, I'm glad I'm not here because I don't think I'm that bad. Uh, 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 uh. Let's not get into any Lush and Horror or Vak Lush and Horror stuff, okay? Uh, let's, let's just go on. Okay, let's go on. And sure enough, the counselor pulled him up. 
And he said, you know, uh, we're going to have to try to find a place where we could, uh, uh, you know, uh, help you out. Uh, yeah, hold on to my shoulder. And the counselor walked with him as he hopped and limped and hopped and limped and hopped and limped. And they saw a house. Oh, how luck, counselor, there's a house. Yeah, there's a house over there, counselor. Yeah, counselor, there's a house over there. Yeah, okay, can you take us over there? Maybe you can fix my ankle. And they came to the place. And he knocked on the door. And he opened the door. And a very old gentleman answered the door. Can I help you, Sonny Boys? Oh my goodness, what's wrong with him? Uh, he hurt his ankle. All right, all right, bring him over here, bring him over, sit him down. Let me fix his ankle. Let me, let me, fix, let me just fix his ankle over here. I got you hold you for a while. What you guys doing in this area? <laughs> well, um, we were, um, you know, we were, how do you call it? Um, we were taking a hike, and then uh, he slipped and fell. And, of course, the counselor didn't want to say less than her that he didn't listen, so he just said he slipped and fell. Uh, I see. Very interesting. Wow. Wait a minute. I didn't know there was any mezuzahs on the door. Are you Jewish? Oh, no, 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 sir. I'm not Jewish at all. No, 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 no. Well, uh, 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 can I ask you a question? Uh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Well, which question? Is that a safer Torah inside that glass break front? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> What's a guy like you doing with a safer Torah? <gasps> oh, I'm waiting for the guy who gave it to me to pick it up. Uh, and how long are you waiting? Oh, I think it's about 60 years or something like that. 60 years? Yeah, yeah. See, there was this guy, uh, Moshe Tovia Zingerman. <laughs> That's funny, because I'm Moshe Tovia Zingerman. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're a young fella. He was much older than you. And, and he had his Torah scroll. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of, um, you know, he was carrying around, you know. He wrote it in honor of being rescued and saved, you know, and everything. During the war, you know, he survived World War One. I, I survived World War Two, but it was a heavy Torah, so he couldn't get it out, you know. So, uh, you know, here I am, 88 years old, you know, and I still have this Torah scroll I'm waiting for. Him. I don't know why he never picked it up, and and and, and I check all the lists, and I never found that he was killed, you know, uh, heaven forbid, you know. So I just don't know why he picked it up. You don't know why he picked it up? I know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Maisha Tavius Singerman. I used to that before. But, you see, you don't understand. You see, um, he's much older person, so if I'm 88, he must be in the upper 90s or something like that. Well, well he passed away a while ago. <laughs> I'm his grandson. You are? Grandson? Yeah, I, I have his namesake, you know what I mean? I'm named after him. Oh, oh really? Uh, yeah, and, and, and we heard about the story. And the reason why... He didn't have the Torah uh, be able to get it because on the boat in the rain, uh, the address washed away. Oh, my goodness. You really are his grandson? Wow. Well, if he's not around, I don't know why. Whatever it is, your God works in mysterious ways. You know why? But this Torah belongs to your family. I'm going to give it back to you. You can take it. It's yours. And sure enough, he took it back. And when he got back to the camp, he arranged for a cipher to check it out. And miraculously, that safer Torah was in perfect condition. And the Torah was brought to the shul where the Zingerman family davened, and it was kept there, 
And it was used pretty often. And it was legendary because every year by the yard site, they would tell the story about this Sefer Torah that was written for Moshe Tuvia Zingerman. Wow, what a great story, Rabbi Yams. That's a fantastic story. That's an unbelievable story. But yeah, you're right. If you didn't do some narration parts, this story probably could take a couple hours. That's right. So now I think we have about three minutes left. Would you like to take some phone calls? Yeah, okay, let's go with that. Go ahead. Okay, hello, you're on the air. What is your name? Hi, I'm Wickler. Hi, I'm Wickler. Okay, so we know we got to limit it to ten things because mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have time for about a hundred of them because other people were complaining. Go ahead, shoot away. Don't get angry, keep Shabbos, and we'll stay constant with everybody. Don't get worried, have good ideas, be thankful for Hashem those, reward people for those things, thank Hashem, don't do bad stuff, don't run off the property. Excellent, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you very much, and I'm glad you're still listening to us. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay, let's go to the next caller. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name? Avi Golinsky. Avi Golinsky! All right, Baruch Hashem. So you're listening to us on the telephone, right? Yep. Okay, very I'm actually calling in the middle of color war. Oh, it's color war. I can't but go to color war. Oh, they yeah. made, made a big judge's entrance over there? What? Did they make a judge's entrance over there? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, very good. Okay, so what lesson you learned tonight's story? Um, I learned that you see that you should always walk around to save tire and get protected forever. And we see that shkacha on how this young boy's ankle got hurt. As a result, they went to this house and ended up end up finding all safe tire. Very good. Excellent. That's one of the main points of this story is that Ashkoch happens in the most mysterious ways, and sometimes things happen and you just don't know why. But they all have a purpose. Very good. Thanks a lot. Good to speak to you. And I hope you win color war. Okay? Take care. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name? Ephraim Lowy. Ephraim Lowy. Good. We haven't heard from you in a while. Okay. So what lesson you learned tonight's story? Um, that whenever you're in a time of need, Hashem always helps you and they shouldn't speak Lashon Hara. Excellent. You caught those little sub-lessons I put in. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you very much. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. What is your name? Mordechai Simon. Mordechai Feiner? Simon. Simon, okay. And what, oh, Mordechai, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, mm-hmm. so what's that? I, I, I couldn't call um, other times because the line was busy. I couldn't get on the... Oh, um, okay, but Baruch Hashem, you got in. Okay, right. so what lesson did you learn tonight's story? Um, that you should never speak Lashon Hara, and that um, also whatever you're... You should always listen to, to the author, to authorities. Um, and... And you should, and everything that happens is for the best. Very good. Excellent. Beautiful. Very well said. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name? Hello, you're on the air. What is your name? Okay, we'll go to the next caller. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name? Okay, we'll go to the next caller. And that's it. Okay, that's all the time we have. So everybody have a wonderful Shabbos and enjoy the rest of your week. And until then, bye-bye. Oh. Uh, oh, one more call. We st- okay, we're squeezing in. Hello, you're left. Okay, you're on the wire. So, what's your name? Hello, you're on the air. What's your name? Hello, hello. We're squeezing you in in the last minute. What's your name? Okay, yeah, I had your chance. Goodbye. Okay, it's all the time we have until next week. Have a wonderful week and enjoy your shopping. Bye bye.